Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? I'm great now that I remembered at the very last second to bring my microphone around. Yeah, it's a a key part of the element that we use in this podcast. Uh, Although last week, if you listen to that, we didn't have microphones, which makes it sound way different uh, when you don't have a microphone. So, uh, But we have to do that when we have guests on until we can get our producer back from vacation, can figure out how to do all that uh, technical jargon stuff. Uh, But until then, we are back. And... We've got a good show, I think, I think ahead of us here, bud. I'm pretty excited. The NCAA first weekend was unreal. Uh, the We've got a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. That's right. Has that ever happened before? Yeah, I think so. Was that that St. Mary's run with the, with the old uh, nun? The, she was, Sister Jean was um, loyal. Not St. Mary's. Not St. Mary's. Yeah, loyal. Yeah, loyal. Uh, were they 15? I thought they were lower than 15. Uh, or higher. I uh, still don't how, remember. How, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> higher or lower? How, um, does, how does that work? So if you're a 15 and you're higher seed, does that mean you're 14 and above? Because that's a lower number. But if you're a lower seed, uh, how does that work? What's the highest seed you can get in the NCAA tournament? A one seed? Because to me, that would it would be yeah. a 16 yes. seed. It would be High a 16. Seed is one, low seed is 16. Okay, so then if you're going to say a 15 seed, is the so lowest I, I, seed? Yeah, then. I thought Loyola was a higher seed than that. Maybe. Okay, like so a, you thought they were like a 11, 14, 13, 13. Like They were not an eleven, were they? Uh, I thought it was really crazy when they made that run. Um, what about uh, th- it was? They were green and blue. Yeah. Um, yep. I know you're talking about the coach who had a broken like No, but yeah, but they were like a that was like an eleven. That one was like an eleven seed. Were they? George Mate, not George Mate. Was it George, George Mason? Mason? Did yeah. it one year? Yeah. I forget what they were anyway. That was um, the coach who had a broken leg and like fell over while he was on his little scooter. Yeah, or something was that, like that. Uh, Hunter? Um, his son was their was yeah, the best player. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't I think of the name of that school? Anyway, either way, either way, we'll talk some NCAA today. Uh, we've got. Uh, we'll talk a couple things there. The WBC World Baseball wow. Classic, dude. It's so funny because you listen into this, and I guess it's been a while, right? So they had, did they have a? They must not have done this during COVID. Because it's no. every three years, right? Right. They didn't, and you just like to hear the announcers, just like baseball's back. Everybody, baseball's back. This, I mean, baseball. They're just like, this is so great for baseball. All the players said it's the greatest. It. They all said this was the most fun they've ever had playing baseball. Every person on that team, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, they're all like, this is the most fun I, we've I've ever had playing baseball. I was saying a lot for two of the top five players in baseball. Yeah. I mean, you're in a clubhouse and playing games right now with the other best players in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's an all-star game every single day, every practice, yeah. every, every, and it's not the same old routine with, with they, these guys would be in spring training right now yeah. dealing with the daily grind of, you know, a, a month and a half spring training. Or right. It is. Instead they're playing real meaningful baseball games and going at it. Now the, the, the managers do have to look out for pitch counts and stuff like that. I mean, there was a guy last night that came into relief that, threw more pitches in that one inning than he had thrown in any inning last year in any appearance last year. Most pitches he threw in an appearance last year was like 26 and he threw 28 or 29 pitches. And they were talking like, Oh, I guarantee that they do not want him in right now, but they don't like that's 
you got an when you they get to those relievers it's like all right you got this inning you got the next inning let's go through or you got three batters you got one batter you get to, you know so because pitching is a big deal right I yeah mean, to, i mean that's put a lot of money into these guys so they've they've got to be careful and but anyway well yeah we'll talk more about we'll that, that and there's the whole thing with jose altuve and that whole thing it's, it is technically an exhibit We'll talk about all that in a little bit. Well, I didn't hear the Altuve thing, so I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know what that was. All right, that sounds good. So to start us off, let's talk. Uh, start us off my favorite part of the podcast, which is of course the Reese's, where we we take some Reese's peanut butter chocolate every week, a different a different uh, type of Reese's candy. We've had so many, I can't even explain to you how many we've had. It's got to be somewhere around thirty. At least way more than I, that, right? I, I mean, have we been doing this for a full year now? Probably, yeah, probably. I know there was Halloween candy. Yep. Uh, so at least from Halloween. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm. I feel like before that too. Anyway, so? either way, we are in a new holiday now, and we continue with oh, Easter coming I up. Knew it was coming. We have I Reese's. Just saw these pieces the other day. And this, so here's the deal with these Reese's pieces eggs. I had some the other day. Okay. Uh, I was at my mother-in-law's house. We had a little dinner, you know, a little family dinner. And on the table, she's got some, you know, the egg whoppers. She's yeah, got yeah. the, the normally the, like those chalky eggs. Those are my personal favorite. Okay. Uh, I think they're Cadbury maybe. Like no. the Robin eggs? Yeah, Robin eggs yeah, up yeah. there. Yeah. Those are my personal favorite just because I like to chip the chocolate off just like mm-hmm. everything else. Like a sunflower seed. We, we finally got down to the real nuts and bones <laughs> of why I eat. I eat. Is that what it's not what it's called? Is it? Is that not what it's called? It is now. <laughs> Get down to the real brass knuckles of it all, and uh, you really figure out why I. Why. I don't know what is it called. I need help. It's called no. I, you don't. It's per, that's perfect. All I right. love nuts and bones. I'm gonna. Have, I'm gonna continue until I figure out exactly what it is. The bare bones. Is that it? The bare bones of it all? That's close. Okay. Of why I choose stuff with a candy hard shell the way I do because of sunflower seeds. Anyway, man, the the nuts and bones. That's the nuts and bones of it right there. But when I tried it, I was like, ah, oh, I like you can really taste the difference in Reese's peanut butter between a Reese's pieces and a Reese's cup. Peanut butter cup, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. First bite, Adam. First impressions? First impressions, they're bigger than I expected. Yeah. About the um, size of a robin egg. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit smaller, but I, I think between a robin egg and a Reese's piece. So that's why but I think that's why I was thinking egg. that's why I really tasted the difference because there's a lot more of the Reese's pieces mm-hmm. peanut butter in here, which is a different type of peanut butter. Way different type of peanut butter, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you up front, not as big a fan is this of this peanut butter as I am of the cup. I love Reese's Pieces peanut butter with in the small dose that you get it around the candy shelf. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, a regular pack, a regular size pack of those is pl- more than plenty mm-hmm. for me because it's a different peanut butter. You kind of get a different feel, like a mouth feel, and. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm good. Give me 10 gallons of water now. It was good, but that's all. Time to move on. Yeah. This peanut butter is not getting stuck in the top of your mouth or anything like that. No. Nope. Um, 
I'm going to tell you this though. I do like them because it just tastes like a giant Reese's pieces. Like usually, like usually our stuff that we're like, kind of down on with Reese's is still like a nine, four, <laughs> right. Which is probably where I'm going to go with this. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess it is. I, I still feel like it's a little bit different for some reason than the regular mm-hmm. Reese's piece. It's the amount. There's so much more peanut butter in there. Yeah, I guess so. I'm trying to figure out if the, if the shell is different too. Mm. Is there a different taste on the shell? No. I don't think so. Okay. But there's more surface area, so it's more shell too. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, not in relation to the rest of it, but I don't know. Um, they're fine. You going uh, nine four? Or you you got an official score? Yeah, nine four. Nine four. I'm going right off the top of the dome, man. Okay. Nine four is not bad, and I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go nine. Mm. That's low. Okay. Yep. On a scale of zero to ten, nine is low. That's right. That's how we roll here. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our first segment of the day, sports segment. Let's talk about this NCAA tournament. Number one, uh, congratulations to the Xavier Musketeers. We had Adam Baum on last week, and when they get to, if they when they get to the Final Four, he said he's coming on beforehand. Super stoked for that. Yes, sir. Uh, so, that being said, uh, first game against Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State's first time ever being in the tournament. And Kennesaw State put a scare on them boys. Mm-hmm. Xavier hit one three in the first 30 minutes of the game. And it, or maybe 35 minutes of the game. And then Kunkel hit a three. And when he hit that three, the second of the day, they were like two for 12. The second best three-point shooting team in the country. And the best assist team in the country. That's my favorite part of this Xavier team. And struggled in that game. Missed a lot of easy bunnies. Apparently, too, I found out. And after that first game, next game was delayed like 25 minutes because they had to uh, rebalance the hoop. Yeah, I saw them working on, mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so something was off there. Anyway, that's besides the point. They both had to shoot at the same thing. They each had to shoot at one, one time. So maybe Xavier got it the first half and Kansas State got second half. Xavier put on a nice little run at the end of that. Game to show that they were the better team, that they're the more dominant team, but their their lack of depth is going to hurt them. Uh, they came out and played uh, Pitt after that, and you know you're just always watching fouls with Xavier. You're always watching fouls when you play six, play seven, but predominantly six guys. You're staring at that fouls the whole time. And but they played the way Xavier plays, and they made a ton of shots. And I'm going to tell you this: we don't foul a lot. This whole year, Xavier's not been a big fouling team. When they get out and run, bud, I'll tell you what, it's they are they are so good in transition. Yeah. And when I say tra- they've got transition sets, which I know and it doesn't make sense, but they get in transition and they run, they'll run a set while they're in transition and get a bucket. And when I say it sounds silly, right? So they're not in transition uh, anymore because exactly. because that you know it may be five on four or four on five, but they're still running and it's instant off of that, that they're getting butt baskets and everybody's moving up and down the court. And uh, people, everybody's telling me how they're going to be terrible because of how many people, because of how deep they're not deep enough and how bad that Kennesaw state was. And then they got to see what Xavier looks like 98% of the time. 
And that's what they played against Pitt. And I, I think they can score with anybody. So they've proven that time and time and time again. This Texas game is going to be tough, but Texas might be the best team. Them and Alabama are probably two best teams in the country left. Yeah, I agree with you. Yep. So, but we're rooting for the Muskies. Uh, there's so much more in the tournament. I just wanted to get that out of the way because we had Adam on last week. So if anybody else is, is listening, let's get the Xavier stuff out of the way and let's go from there. What's the biggest surprise to you in the tournament? Uh, among the teams left or just period? Just period. Uh, I mean, you know, you had the second 16 seed to beat a one seed ever. Um, and so, so then you had um, – it was uh, – let's see. Farley Dickinson. Farley Dickinson. Um, and, and then they played Florida, Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah. Who was – I mean, they were a nine seed, I think. Yep. But still. Great game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you had Furman beating Virginia. Mm-hmm. Some Obviously, some upsets. Yeah, every single year you have upsets. Those are exciting. It was a fun. little excessive, though. <laughs> it felt like it's getting more and more excessive on the upsets in that first round. You're getting more one season now. I mean, in the last five years, I was watching this thing on Virginia. In the last five years, they lost in the first round as a 16 seed or as a one seed. They won the national championship the next year and then lost in the first round, lost in the first round, and now lost in the first round. Yeah, They've either lost in the first round or won the national championship in each of the last five years. And they have great regular seasons all the time, and they're one of the mm-hmm. best defensive teams in the country every single year. Yep. And then it just doesn't – but they, they win games 62 to 56, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, that's a certain style that's going to – that'll do fine for you most of the year, but it's about matchups in, in yeah. the tournament. Tournament it's is all about be, matchups. Yeah. And that uh, Farley Dickinson team had big guards. They pushed them away just like everybody was talking about. I had Memphis beating Purdue in the second round. Uh, Memphis didn't beat Florida Atlantic, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but I had them beating Purdue in the second round because I thought they had big guards that could keep them away and not get Zach Eady the ball. Zach Eady didn't get a touch in the last, what was it, eight minutes of that game or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. They had, or maybe he got a t- he didn't have a, 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 a attempted shot in yeah. the last eight minutes. They had a, they had an out of bounds play late in the game that they lobbed to him and it just went right through his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, at, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Uh, you know, plenty of upsets, like we said, and then, you know, the next round, the Saturday and Sunday, the round of 32 or whatever they call it now, um, is is even more exciting sometimes because now you have your upset teams that get to play in the second round against an even better team. You have two good, you know, every 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 round from there on out is better and better and better teams, so you expect better games. Yep. And it's, you know, fewer games this coming weekend, but they're – they're, they look on paper like they're all going to be really good games for the most part. So what is your what are your thoughts on this sweet 16? Um, give me give me your who goes to the elite eight. So in the south, in the south, you've got Alabama and San Diego State and Creighton and Princeton. Yeah, I would think Alabama is, you know, certainly maybe the best team left and, but San Diego state every year seems like they match up, you know, you're waiting to see how they match up against the teams from the bigger conferences. Those West coast teams, man, especially in San Diego state. Am I wrong? Are they with St. Mary's and Gonzaga or no? 
No. What are they in? They're in the uh, the Mountain West, maybe. Okay. Or something like that. Um. Anyway. Either way. And they're they usually win that conference. Mm-hmm. Um. I I, f- I feel like they must recruit well or a certain way every year because they're they're good most years and sometimes they match up with those bigger teams from the bigger conferences pretty well and uh, that might be the case against alabama um it, but alabama is super super talented and we're not going to get into the legal right ramifications that alabama has number one because i don't have all of the answers for it and I'm, i don't it's 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 very yeah. crazy. So we're just going to talk about the games. But Miller themselves. is like one of the best players. I mean, he's he might be a lottery yeah. pick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um. So let's go down to that Creighton verse verse a fifteen seed in Princeton. Mm-hmm. Princeton knocked off. Um, they knocked off Arizona and Missouri, and they beat Missouri by fifteen. Mm-hmm. This is not your your dad's backdoor Princeton team. This team, they are not they, – they get up and down the court. They put the ball in the basket. They shoot a lot. Uh, it's not just, you know, keep passing and screening and passing and screening until you get somebody backdoor. It is – it's a much more high-flying offense than the old uh, uh, John John Thompson the third and whoever was before him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and this is ex- – this is an exciting team to watch. They are. It's it's fun to watch guys that can shoot and and move the ball and get up and down. Um, it, it it's so fun. This is almost a game where I I might root. I might find myself rooting for Princeton. Although I I like Creighton. I really like uh, Greg McDermott a lot. Uh, Creighton Creighton was the number one. They were the they were picked to win the Big East this year. And injuries hurt them a lot. And they came in what third? I want to say fourth. But they are dude. This team is good. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they are, they were, they should probably be a four seed if they didn't go through the injuries that they would have, that they went through. Yeah. They're a totally different team. This is a much better team than the Creighton team of the regular season and they're showing it. Yep. So I, this feels like a game that could be either a really, really good game or Creighton could win by 10 to 15 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see print, although I probably didn't see that against Missouri either. So who knows? Um, or Arizona. Right. Yes, of course. Um, yep. So I, I expect it to be a good game too. Um, if I'm picking, I'm picking Creighton. I'm picking Creighton as well, just because I really like Creighton and I had them in the elite eight anyway. Mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. This uh, Florida Atlantic team can score. And I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name, the kid's name who's doing all of the scoring for them. What's his name here? Uh, I just I just saw him a minute ago. Where's he at? Oh, Where's Jonathan at? Gregory. Yeah, uh, that, is that his name? Yeah, it's either that or uh, Pete uh, McGalliard. One of those guys. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, sorry, I'm staring at an app right now. But no, yes. Um, no, you know, you at this point in time, here's the deal. This is this is how it goes. That first weekend is let's go upsets. Let's pick the upsets. Who's got it? When you get to that second weekend, it's all right. Now we're here for the games. Like the blue bloods need to win. Nobody wants to see FAU versus Princeton in the final four. It's nobody wants to see that. Right. No, nobody's going to watch that game. I'm not going to watch that game. I care less. I mean, probably will just because I'm going to watch it. But like if the random person was like, 
Hey, Princeton's playing Florida Atlantic. Okay. During the regular season. Yeah. I'm not watching that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't care. Right. But if somebody said, Hey, Texas is playing Xavier, I'm like, Oh, I'm in on that hundred percent. So I, everybody wants the blue bloods and the, in the, in the better teams to be in it at the end. Yeah. The most talent I'm going with Creighton. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going with, uh, with who are they playing? Tennessee, Tennessee. I'm going with Tennessee. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and Tennessee had started the year pretty well and was, were very highly ranked and hit some road bumps along the along the way and then finished kind of poorly. I think they finished like I want to say they lost like five of their last 10 or something like that. Uh, maybe even like four out of their last six or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a great end of the season, but the talent is definitely there. They're a very talented team. Rick Barnes is a great coach. and um, and, you know, he's he's going to figure it out for the tournament. So, yes, uh, it'll be a fun story. If Florida Atlantic wins that game, people are going to enjoy it. It'll be fun. Um, but Tennessee certainly is, is most likely the more talented team there. So I'm going to pick Tennessee as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Kansas State and Michigan State. Tom Izzo doing what Tom Izzo does. And once again, this is another team that had a lot of injuries throughout the year and they are just now getting healthy and gelling for the first time. I've heard a couple interviews with Tom Izzo and he's like, listen, I've, I've thought from the beginning, this is one of the best teams I've ever had. We just couldn't get healthy. And that's pretty big. I mean, I don't know the, the, to say, you don't have to say that you can say, I think this is a really good team. He said, this is one of the best teams I've ever had. That is big. That's big. Oh, yeah. So that once again, that's Tom Izzo going through some kind of, uh, he made a joke on the Dan Patrick show. I think some of the fans here think that uh, I just golf and everything during the regular season and I don't start coaching until the tournament comes. <laughs> um, that is not the case. Which, by the way, too, Dan Patrick yesterday, Tom Izzo's on. Tom Izzo got into – went into a whole spiel about he doesn't know that this is the profession he wants to be in with the state of college basketball right now. He does not like – the name image likeness. He does not like uh, the social media, the transfer portal. He was talking about all these things. And he's like, I, I, I don't, I'm really, he literally, he said to Dan Pastor, I'm really thinking about my profession. I don't, I don't know that I want to continue doing this. He said, there's a lot of really good coaches out there that are going to, that, that are going to recruit the transfer portal and recruit uh, name image likeness and these big money contracts and, and I, I don't know that I like this. I don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 he just think, I was like, wow, that is. And maybe that's the reason you're seeing these Coach K's it's already started in the, in the, in the Jay Wrights. Chris and Mack. Chris Mack. Chris Mack said, Chris Mack's like, I'm good right now. My daughter's in, you know, in high school. She's playing all this stuff. I'm good. I don't know. I, I'm, I love coaching, but I'm, I'm good right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've definitely heard that, that a lot of the coaches are stepping out of the, out because of that mm-hmm. college coaches and then we'll talk a lot about that stuff in a little bit here when we talk about the greatest current head coaches in college basketball exactly mount rushmore that's right um anyway i'm taking michigan state because i really do listen tom Izzo says it's one of the best teams he's ever had i'm i'm behind tom Izzo. hard to go against michigan state hard to go against tom Izzo, especially in march this kansas state team it's good. They've got two players. They, but they've looked really good, though. Yeah. Uh, against Kentucky and, I mean, to beat Montana State, that's 
that's a feat. <laughs> no, um, I don't know what this little guard's name is, and I can't remember. Is it Noel or something like that? Yep. That kid took over that Kentucky game. And I'm going to tell you right now, he might be the best passer in the tournament. Wow. I mean, he made some incredible passes. Yeah. Um, but he's your like, just like, did you watch that game at all? The Kentucky Kansas state game. So here's, here's my takeoff on it. Right. You hear New York flashy guards, right? It's all about New York guards. The rotating the ball around your back on every free throw attempt. It, if I'm a coach, I, I, I can't handle that. Really? I can't handle that around the back thing. Like you're doing it for one reason, just so everybody talks about the, what, what you're doing right now. Hmm. Around your back? There are other players that have done that. I've never seen somebody put a ball around their back and then shoot a free throw. Listen, if that's part of your routine, you have get, to and he makes the them. Way. And he makes them. So that's, I mean, I get it. Maybe I'm overdoing it because I've only seen him once and I'm like, oh my gosh, a little over the top. And then he also made some really bad passes. Because yep. he was trying to get too fancy and he chucked up some bad shots because he was, you know, he was feeling it and things were going well for him. And he threw up some shots that could have hurt them down the stretch if if Kentucky had a coach that could do something X's and O's wise and, and try to stop them somehow. Nope. Scratch that off. That's right. Scratch that off the Mount Rushmore. Um, no, it's not best recruiters still in college basketball. No, it's different than that. Uh, anyway. But uh, I don't want Kansas I, State in this I, game. I, okay, I'm going Michigan State. Perfect. Our right. first one that we uh, went opposite on. on. All right, so let's go uh, to the – what is this? This is the Midwest, my division, the Xavier Musketeers. But we'll start at the top. Houston's got that Solaire kid or whatever his name is. He's back. They're full strength. They're going to be tough to beat. They're playing Miami of Florida, five seed. Um, that was able to knock off the four seed Indiana, which is one of the most up and down teams yeah. in college basketball over the last eight years. Yeah, really. Um, and you know what? They beat a Miami beat a really good Drake team, and I'm serious about that. Yeah, in the first round, um, a lot of people had Drake on that upset, uh, but Miami has has put it together. You know what? You play in the ACC all year and every year, you are so battle tested. That's a big way that yep. I select when i'm when i'm picking winners of these games every year your strength of schedule and in the league you play in i think is one of the biggest one of the biggest factors mm -hmm. so um and miami plays in a much tougher conference than houston does this is i've been talking case. about i've been talking about this houston playing in a in a conference where they don't play anybody and then their first guy was hurt you know their best guy was hurt who's back now sasser Sasser, what did I call him? Sailor, Sowler, something like that. Anyway, Sasser. Uh, I've been talking bad about them a lot. They're a good basketball team. They're really good. They're a really good basketball team. That's one of the very few teams I got to see in person this year. They, I went oh, to yeah? the UC game. When oh, they were, nice. When yeah. They were here. yeah. And man, they, when they pressure and they double the ball coming up the floor, they have giant, really athletic guys, like three mm -hmm. or four of them. Yep. And then they have really good guards too. Yep. And and I, they're they're very impressive and they're very well coached. Um I'm I'm taking Houston in this. Me too. Oh, okay. 100%. That's an easy one for me. I'm not I mean as much as you can be battle tested, that Houston team is good. I really finally good. seen them. Everybody that's heard me over the past week, I'm 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 buying in. 
I'm buying into the to the Houston. Nice. I don't even know what they are. The Houston whatevers. <laughs> Cougars. Cougars. Yeah. There you go. All right. Xavier, Texas. Uh, this again, this is this is I think this is gonna be the best game of the of the entire I do too. Sweet 16. Uh Xavier is yeah. I, no, I don't. No, who's the? I think I'm UCLA. Might be, oh, okay. Might well, be I can't stand UCLA, so there's nothing about UCLA that's gonna be good. And it's not UCLA. I love UCLA. I just don't like McCrone. Um, so Texas, uh, I, I I don't know a lot about them, but I'm gonna tell you right now that Xavier Xavier has six guys. We scored 84 points, and no one had 20. That's impressive, if you ask me. Six guys with over 10 points. Nobody had 20. They spread the ball. They move the ball around as well as anybody in basketball. Obviously they've got, they, they average most assists. They, if there's a team that lives and dies by the three, then I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not fan of them going deep, but if you're in the top three or four in the country from the three point line, that's not living and dying by the three. You're just a really good three point shooting team. That's totally different. Because I keep hearing people go, oh, well, yeah, they keep talking about how yeah, they live and die by the three. No, we don't live and die by a three. We can beat we beat uh uh we beat Kennesaw State down low because we couldn't make a three. That doesn't happen for Xavier. That's I mean, it just doesn't happen. That may be the hap- that might be the second time this year they couldn't make a shot. If if it happens again against Texas, can't win. Can't win. I mean, unless you figure it out early and Jack Nungy gets hot. And and I'm going to tell you right now, Hunter has been the MVP of this of this tournament for Xavier. Great, and they continue to go to him right away, right off the bat to keep him hot. And he's feeling good. But that's what I mean. Your matchups against Kennesaw State are going to be a lot different. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm telling. Yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But that goes for anybody. If anybody's shots aren't falling in this round in the Sweet 16, if your shots aren't falling, you're going to lose. Yeah. Yep. Um, just, just for fun, I'm gonna root my face off for Xavier. Yeah, but you're going pick Texas. Okay, pick Texas. I'm taking Xavier. Just because I want them to go undefeated against the AAC this year, make it to their first Final Four, <laughs> and Sean Miller's first Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's never a good sign. <laughs> No, it's fine. One of the best coaches uh, left, and he's never been in a Final Four. Uh, anyway. This might have been the year if he was still at Arizona. Yeah. Well, they didn't make it past 64. <laughs> Arkansas and UConn. UConn is another one of these teams that are up and down. They got a Hurley coach in them who is a hothead, an absolute hothead. That's the re- I'm, I'm not taking UConn because I don't like – their coach. Really? No, don't like him. When you lead the country in technical fouls, then you're just Mick Cronin. Oh, me. did he really? Still, I don't know if he did, but I know in like the first seven games, he had six technical fouls. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's- he had one against Xavier. I don't even know how he got it. I think they just walk over and give him one every game. It's that uh, it's that whole Rasheed Wallace thing. Man. Exactly. You're just getting rep- it because you got the rep. Your reputation precedes you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you're you're picking Arkansas anyway. Yep. Um, I'll tell you. Speaking of coaches, Eric Musselman, <laughs> I can't decide how I feel about him. And you I love him. 
I, I don't know if I do though, because I feel like I've seen enough, it, it, you know, taking his shirt Bert off. Kreischer, man. No, this isn't comedy. This is, <laughs> this is bad. He did it when he coached for somebody else, whoever it was. Do it in the locker room. Don't do it on the floor. Hey man, don't do it on the floor. Listen, you can be really excited. Even if you stand up, that's not coach like either, even standing up on the table or whatever and, and cheering your fans on. I'm even out, even allow that taking your shirt off. Look, you're in great shape, buddy, for a 50 year old guy or whatever you are. But come on, come on, keep your shirt on. If you want to go in the locker room and take your shirt off for whatever reason, sure. Um, but anyway, but anyway, be Kansas, man, be, be Kansas, a bill, selfless, Kansas, selfless. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. I love Eric Musselman. That's fine. Yeah. I like him better than Hurley. At least he's doing positive things. Here's the thing. I'm going to take Arkansas in this game because I feel like UConn, I saw UConn play a couple of times, I think this year, at least once. You don't know what you're going to get at. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. And and Arkansas might have had some ups and downs too. I mean, they're an eight seed, I think. I mean, UConn but, was the number one team in the country at one point. Yeah, off reputation only. I mean, off off of one win early in the season. In like five games in, they're number one seed because nobody else was left because everybody kept losing, and then they got knocked off too. Who knocked them off? A couple teams, I think. Who knocked them off? <laughs> oh, Xavier did. That's right. That's right. I was trying to. Remember. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. You remembered now. Okay. I'm going – I think we're both going Arkansas in that game. Let's yep. talk about the last one here, and that is Gonzaga UCLA. West. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Gonzaga. Drew – I love that Drew Timmy kid. I love Gonzaga. Mark Few. Love, just I love everything about Gonzaga. Me too. There's not a lot about UCLA that I like outside. And I feel bad for that guard that's been there for like 75 years. Tiger Campbell. With the craziest, with that huge hair that he's got. I feel bad that he's had to just endure Nick, Mick Cronin for this long. I feel like he could, his, his talents could have been better used served somewhere else. Do you think Mick Cronin is a bad coach or do you just not like watching him coach? Because that's my thing. I don't like watching him coach. I don't know how he is as a coach. I watched him at UC. I don't think he was a great coach at UC. I don't think his players always bought into him. But uh, a Midwest guy, I mean, you're you're a Cincinnati guy, and GCL. you get dogged in your own city a lot. And your players hear you getting dogged and stuff like that. You go to UCLA, all of a sudden you kind of, you're, you're kind of pimping around with everybody, you know, wearing the nice digs and, and doing things differently. And you don't have that hometown bite back at you. You know what I mean? Like that whole Chris Mack, Mick Cronin thing. I mean, Mick got run through the dirt with a few things. Mick, him talking about Mick sitting in the back seat while him and his brother were going to AAU games. And you know what I mean? Like just run, like just teasing that dude hometown so i think his best thing i mean the reason i think he's more successful at ucla because he's able to actually coach now and not i I feel like i feel like there was always a little uh chip on his shoulder or something here and he doesn't know how to handle a chip on his shoulder except screaming yelling look like a look like a uh thermometer is about to blow up (laughs) does any of that make sense uh yeah that's the thing. I don't think he stays at UCLA as long as he's been there. 
I don't think he has the success they've had over the last couple of years. Yeah, but none of those kids he recruited. Yeah, he was coaching somebody else's kids. But but even so, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, and yeah, because his kids here were not buying it. Especially now, I think I think probably way more players that play for him love him more than we know. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, I'm sure. But I don't know. I for me, UCLA is a legacy basketball program that I love for that reason. For yep. the John Wooden. And all the players we talked about a couple weeks ago yep. at the Mount Rushmore. Um, so it's it for for the kids that are there. I really like that Tiger Campbell kid, uh, Jaime Jaquez, and and a couple other guys that seems like seem like they've been there for ten years. I I it would be fun to see them win. Uh, yep. I think it was was it two years ago they got beat by Baylor. I want to say in the championship game last year or the year before. Two years ago. Two years ago. Um, so, I mean, you know, a couple of those guys got a chance to play in a national championship game. That's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what it takes to get to the Final Four and yep. win a game and play in the national championship game. And um, so I think that experience is going to help them a lot. Their two best players are, are eighth-year seniors. So, um, But Gonzaga is, is kind of the same for me. Not for as long, but for a long time now. Number one. 25 years? Yeah. John Stockton was there. <laughs> All the all the John guys Stockton that, was there forty years, fifty there, years ago. He was there ago. fifty years ago, but uh, I I like teams but the, for that reason. Yeah, but the the real, but honestly, no, but, they have been twenty five years strong since we were probably you know getting into high school or just before high school, probably. Yep. I mean, with uh, Adam Morrison, who was the guy before? Was Adam Morrison that first team, or was there Dan Dan Dickow? Dan was Dickow the was the one. That's right, because Adam Morrison did Dan Dickow. Blake yeah, Step, Adam Morrison. Yeah, uh, yeah they've had it, a bunch of really good guys. Jeremy Pargo, yes, and Ronnie Turrioff, and so many guys. Um, and and Mark Few. I mean, he's been there a pretty long time now, and, and he's turned that. Apparently, he's turned that campus into i i i don't i mean i'm not going to act like xavier is gonzaga in any way shape or form trust me but it's a very similar path though similar path right exactly so and what they've done on campus because of the success they've had as a basketball school it's unbelievable though like xavier's facilities are first class all the way around and they're constantly upgrading them and updating them so they never get behind like they will never be behind on facilities Gonzaga, listening to all the stuff that Mark Few has had done, and I'm not saying Mark Few's had it done, but if it wasn't for Mark Few and those, and when you become a basketball team, it's not a joke. This is it's it's statistics. Like when you start winning in the tournament and stuff like that happens, and you're a smaller school, your um, your student rate gets higher. More kids start going to your school because whether they're closer to you or somewhere else. And they're like, Oh, Gonzaga, I want to go to Gonzaga, man. I would go, I can go watch Gonzaga basketball for free, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you're dude, like they said, since like 1990 or 90 something, when, when Xavier made that first sweet 16 run 94, maybe there it's like doubled their What is it called? When you have how many attendance? Kids you have? attendance. Yeah. Thank you. It's so, insane. Enrollment. Enrollment, whatever. Okay, attendance is if you show up to class. Attendance, enrollment. Attendance is who's there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, so whatever. Same difference. But enrollment. Yeah, so that's the thing. More enrollment, more money, more money, more upgrades. Xavier's campus is huge now compared to what it was when just when I was in high school. Yep, it's insane how much bigger that place is. Mm-hmm. 
They're building buildings. I mean, there's three buildings going up every year. But that's what I'm saying about Gonzaga and these teams. It's unsafe. Ah, I get it. I'm, I'm, I've got off onto a tangent. I apologize. So you're taking Gonzaga. I'm going to take Gonzaga just because that's who I'm rooting for. Me too, because I'm rooting against Mick Cronin. Should never root against a team, but I would rather root for the team, not against another. But So then this week, we're going to have to pick the winners of the Elite Eight too, because by the time yep. we get back next week. All right, so who do you got in the Final Four? Say that. Who's in your Final Four? Um, from that bracket, I'm going uh, Gonzaga. I'm going... Boy, if we get Houston and Texas, I mean, that's going to be really something. In Houston and Texas, that would be uh, – oh, no, it wouldn't. I was going to say, would that be in Dallas? The Final Four is in Dallas, right? Wouldn't that be insane to have Houston and Texas in Dallas? Is it in Dallas or is it in Houston? Oh, maybe it it is in Houston. I think you're right. Yeah, Um, yeah. because I just talked to a buddy yesterday, and he said, I'm going to Houston for the Final Four. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go Houston. I'm going to go Gonzaga, Houston, Alabama. Yep, Alabama. And I'm going Kansas State. I'm going to tell you, I think that Creighton can give Alabama everything they can handle. But that Alabama team is just too good. I'm taking Alabama. Uh, I'm going to take Michigan State. So we're going to take that same game. I don't think either of us think FAU or Tennessee, or I don't think either of us think Tennessee can can get out of there. Just I think they can. I mean, sure, of course, anybody can. I think they. I think just as much as Kansas State or Michigan State. Honestly, yeah. well, I'm going to take Michigan State, yeah. uh, and then I am going to take in the Gonzaga uh, Arkansas game. I'm going to take Gonzaga, and in the Xavier Houston game, I'm taking my Muskies for the first Final Four ever. There you go. In the in in. Sean Miller 2.0. <laughs> All right. Very good. You, I mean, that's I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, right? It's playing seven kids, really playing six. The seventh guy gets like be hard, man. That's really seven, gonna catch up to you. The seventh guy gets like 11 minutes a game. That's not gonna happen. It's gonna catch up to you. Um, one time in foul trouble, one time a big guy in foul trouble. We have no, I mean, Cesar Edwards is terrible defensively underneath. <laughs> anyway, nobody cares about that right now. Well, we have Xavier fans listening to this. Probably of, of if we had to take a, a poll, it might be one of the top, probably the top. Probably. Yep. Um, all right. So that being said, let's move on to another, another, uh, we'll get back into that next week. Let's move on to another, um, what do you want to call this? Uh, NCAA feat. We've got a feller by the name of, Antoine Davis. Antoine Davis. Talk to me about Antoine Davis, and, and let's let's figure out how we feel about Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy. That's right. Uh, he was – he's a, a fifth-year, I think, senior. Was so many points from – and I, I didn't – He's I had, 25 years old. 25 years old. Which John means, Morant's been in the league for three years, and he's old and is still younger than this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, back tonight, John Morant. Yep. Um, uh, off the bench. For some reason, I don't understand that. But anyway, oh, it's because he's not in the best playing shape, and and our team is doing so Come well, on. right? He's and like our team the, is still playing so well. Get out of town. He's like the best athlete in the game. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to come off the bench. Anyway, um, Antoine Davis. 
plays for Detroit Mercy. He was so far away from close to breaking the NCAA Division One point scoring record. The Anton is- Davis I was looking at, that's 25 years old, um, I believe is a uh, football player for Louisville. So, and okay. he, he graduated in 2020. So I pa- apologize. Uh, let's go to this Antoine Davis. How old is and this Antoine Davis? Might be a little bit, <laughs> might be just a little bit different. Uh, this Antoine had to have been like he had to have gone away from college for a bit. Yeah, exactly. That was that was insane. Uh, I don't know how old this guy is to uh, to to give you an age, but I want to get his stats up. So you keep talking about this deal that's going on. And I'm going to get his stats up. Detroit Mercy. Uh, I I got a chance to watch. So he was creeping up and. I, the weirdest thing to me is this is such a major record and it w- there was hardly any media coverage on this thing until the very until the last week basically. Yep. So once they got into the their conference tournament, he was whatever 60 points away or something like that from um or, or maybe 80 or something from breaking Pete Maravich's NCAA Division 1 scoring record. Total points. Yep. He gets into their last game, which they lost in their conference tournament, and he gets to within, I think the game even went into overtime, if I remember right, because I was watching this game. This was two weeks ago now, at least three weeks ago, maybe. Um, he is, is He's scoring, he's scoring. He gets to within three points, and they are, they're losing the game. It's a tight game, so they need to score. They need to have good possessions. and they're clearly trying to go to him, which I think was a lot of their offense anyway. Yes. I mean, he scored 28 points. He was 28.2 points per game this year. Yeah. So he's, he, he chucked up a couple shots that probably shouldn't have uh, trying to get that scoring mark and also trying to win this game for them. He missed. It seemed like his last six shots (sighs) when he needed he needed a three to tie it. Mm. <laughs> um, he w- went to the free throw line. I want to say he might have missed a free throw or two at the end of the game. Um, so anyway, he ends up, their season ends, he's three points shy. So to be honest with you, I'm watching that last game and sort of, I, this sounds really bad, but sort of rooting against him breaking Maravich's record because it's Pete Maravich. You know, one of the all-time greats, one of the most fun players to go back and watch film of, and they made a a really low-budget family movie that we had on VHS and we watched a million times. And um, but he has all the homework basketball. There's some of their instructional videos. The the one of the coolest ball handlers and passers ever, and and by the way, scores as well. Hall of Famer. This kid plays for Detroit Mercy. Nobody knew who he was before the last week of the season until ESPN finally was like, oh, yeah, there's this guy. He's about to break the 10,000 yeah. college points. And 3,664. Thank you. Is what he ended with. 3,667 is Pistol Pete's record. Who yeah. averaged so, 44 a game. So we, we, we get an idea of what happened. So let's get to the bare bones of this thing. I think I've got it figured out. I think it's bare bones. No, I don't. What did I say? Nuts and nuts and nuts Nuts and bones. bones. Let's get down to the nuts and bones of this thing. All right. Thank you. All right. So if we get down to the brass knuckles of it all, then 
the the real question is how much did this matter because let me tell you this pete did it in three years averaging 40 points 44 well i'm just saying over 40 in all three seasons not just total he averaged 40 points per game every year at least and and did it in three years it took this kid five and and I don't care what you say about the COVID year, he still played 22 games his COVID season. We played 30, the rest of them. Like the, it, I, it's not a big deal to me. If this dude would have broke the record, it wouldn't mean anything to me. Pete did it in three years, averaging 44 points per game. I get. Listen, records are made to be broken, right? I mean, we just had Aaron Judge hit. So, 70 some home runs this year and it's like nobody it was the most undercovered thing i've ever seen in my life right but when but when the record's that long right like you got you have babe ruth and then and then it was uh roger maris and it's like roger maris was in 61 61 and 61 and it went all the way into the 2000s That's 40 years right it goes 40 years it was it 98 99 whenever 98, he did it yeah. Just say 40 years for the sake of saying it's a long time. Like this is the same thing. This is from the seventies into now it's 40, 50 years. The The thing that makes it mean something maybe is the, the length of time. But in the end, when you think of the home run record, you think of Babe Ruth, you think of Roger Maris, you don't think of Barry Bonds for sure. You don't think of Barry Bonds and you don't think of, of all these guys doing like the American League record now is Aaron Judge. I think of it as, but then again, that was me growing up as a kid. That was the record all the time. So I don't yeah. know. Hey, either way, good for this kid. I think it's really cool. And I wish he would have got a chance to go into another tournament because what happened, what happened with this tournament deal? He could have got into that was the conference tournament. They've got the CBI, they've got the NIT. So yeah. That's the thing. So they weren't invited to the NIT. Their last option is the CBI, right? That's right. that's where your uh, that's where your your bottom feeder teams You're, that had those are teams that have a lot records. of they're teams that have seniors that want to want to give their that that weren't very good but wanted to get want to give these kids a, a, an opportunity to play in a postseason. Yeah, and and even some of those teams from smaller conferences that had really good seasons that yep. had good records. Yeah. But just weren't weren't didn't win their conference tournament, so they're that that's that, the only chance of getting one seed for right. yeah one team out of the conference. So um, a great opportunity for kids that that want to keep playing. They were not invited to the Detroit Mercy was not invited to the CBI, and in fact, uh, Antoine Davis is upset because there were apparently some emails and calls to the folks that make those decisions on who is in the CBI saying, do not put Detroit Mercy in because we don't want to see Maravich's record get broken. See, and that's the part that I don't like. If let the people at the CBI make the decision, don't, don't there's no reason for anybody to try to swim. If they're not good enough to get in it, then they're not going to get in it. If they're good enough to be in it, I don't care. I'm so records are made to be broken. That doesn't, it's not going to diminish pistol Pete Maravich in any way, shape or form. If he no longer has the scoring title for division one NCAA players. And the guy he lost it to is Antoine Davis from Detroit mercy. No offense to Antoine Davis. He's a prolific score. Their team's not that good. And, and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Why, 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 why do people do it? Like who's sending these emails? 
Is, are you talking about just like uh, 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 Eggman on Twitter, or what are you talking about here? Or is this like officials, like college officials? I don't know who was sending them, but but people were speaking out about it, and and they didn't want to see it, which which I I get, but also I don't disagree with what you're saying as well. Here's the thing: Antoine Davis is upset and feels like it's unfair that he didn't get that chance. Their team was like 14 and 19. Then you, No, then that's the case. I want to know what the rest of the teams in the CBI were first. Without knowing that, I, don't, I can't say anything. Were there other teams that were that bad from conferences like that? If there were, then sure, you got, some, you got something to do. But, but then, see, now this goes the other way. This goes to a, to a, to a uh, you don't just get a privilege because you are who you think you are. You don't get to be in the CBI and get and have your team jump someone else who's better than you guys just because you could break the scoring title. So I'm pending on how this whole thing went down. That's my take. If, if, if he thinks that he should be there and his team's not good enough, I don't really care what you think, bud. Your team's not good enough. You're not going to be there. Uh, uh, and if you think that you should be there just so you can break this record, should have did it, should have scored three points in those last nine shots. It's that simple. If it's the other way around and there's a lot of teams in there as good or the same type of team as Detroit Mercy and you're not putting them in there just so this kid doesn't break it, then you 60-year-old 60 60 ding-dong sitting in a corner office somewhere, you, can, you shouldn't be doing the job you have because that's not up to you to decide if this kid breaks the record or not. It's not up to you. You put the teams in the tournament that need to be in the tournament. He breaks it, he breaks it. That's my take. I agree with you. I take both sides because I don't know the whole backstory. Yeah, <laughs> it's the easy way to it's the it's the cop out. But I feel strongly both ways. So you tell me if I knew, like anybody listening to this, we at some point in time we look up the records. That'll tell you how I feel about it. Here's the thing: I don't think anybody with a losing record should get a chance to play in the postseason anyway. I mean, I'm fine with that, but but if the CBI has teams like that in it all the time, I, then it is what it is. I doubt they do. I doubt they're just letting anybody play in that. It, it, nobody pays attention to it. I couldn't tell you one team that's in the CBI, but it, it's uh, one year I actually filled out a CBI bracket. But, <laughs> but <laughs> that does not surprise me. Uh, Charlotte, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, um, I watched that game tonight, actually. It was a good game. Radford. Uh, let's see. See, I think all those all these teams are I'm head winning records. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look up the bracket. So I, and I so I agree with you. It's and here's the thing: if you are part of the committee or whoever makes that decision to put teams in the CBI to invite them at least, it you can't be you can get all the emails and phone calls you want, but if you're letting that if you're let, I don't imagine they're letting that make that decision for them. Now we all know how corrupt just about everything is now. So if it's a donor that puts up money to run the CBI or sure. something like that, yeah. and they say, here's my money. You can keep this. If you do if. not put Detroit, Mer- Detroit mercy in there, then that's a problem that that needs to be taken care of then too. Um, and that's when it's not fair. If they are deserving of getting in, yes. With a record like I don't know, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like they had 14 wins. 
and they were well under 500. And if that's the case, no matter what, I don't think you should get a chance to be <laughs> to be in a postseason tournament. Um, so, uh, not to take away a an opportunity, it would have been awesome for the kid. I don't think anybody else. And the more I think about it, you're right. Legacy wise, everybody knows what who Pistol Pete was. Most people are not going to know in five years. People are not going to know who Antoine Davis is. Right. Even if they see his name at the top of that list, they're going to have to go back and look him up and probably find some video or whatever. But it's just not, I think playing in a a bigger conference for a big, more well-known team and being a bigger name that does, there's something in my mind that fair or unfair makes me kind of want to see Pistol Pete's name still at the top of that list. And I, and I get that. I'm, I, I, I get that. I get it. And look, if, if he broke it, okay, then, then great. That's exciting for that kid. And, and who knows what opportunities that might bring for him. But um, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough to say. I don't want to seem like I'm like, I don't want the kid to experience this great thing, but also it's a very different thing. If he was, if he played for LSU now and he was a, a, a really good player, that would be a different thing. But either way, if they're six games under 500 at the end of the year and he plays for LSU and he's a great player, I might, I might want to see him a little bit more get a chance to do that but no you you don't deserve to be in it if you had a bad year as a team yeah and i'm sorry if you had a bad team around you so the the this is i'm just i just pulled this up so indiana state was the number one seed sycamores uh they played 16 seed there's only 16 teams in turn 16 seed um usc upstate spartans whatever that is they were 16 and 16 they had a 500 record the next worst team would be the uh 15 seed where is the oh they've got where's no 15 seed was southern indiana southern indiana was 16 and 17 so they did have a losing record by one game uh, the 14 seed is Western Carolina. Western Carolina was 18 and 16. They had a winning record. I'm only doing one more. The 13 seed was North Alabama. Uh, and North Alabama was 18 and 15. So there's one team with a losing record, and it was by one. So if you, what was Detroit Mercy? You said 14 and I think 19. They had about 14 wins. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. So I, that's good. I don't know how that team with with the one less less win than loss. I however they, they were fourteen and they were fourteen and nineteen. Okay, and they lost to Youngstown State maybe seventy one six six. Here's the deal though, they're fourteen and nineteen. They don't deserve that. You didn't make it there. So now now I'm more now I'm starting to get upset with this kid who's crying and complaining that somebody's who dude you your team wasn't getting in anyway. So somebody might have emailed, your team shouldn't have been in. And if your team got in, it's only because of you, and that's not fair to the other teams that had that could have been invited. I think I think I should clarify, and I should have. You said he I was upset. Well, I, I think he's upset that people are 
are trying to get keep them out because they don't want to see him do it. And that's I I understand that a little bit more. Um, that that people are like you feel like people are rooting against you specifically. Yeah, I mean I get that, but here's the deal, bud. Your team's not good enough to be there. I I I even if your team's not good enough to be there, I still don't think that it's right for anyone to be sending anything just because their precious record will be broken. Like Hank Aaron dealing with death threats when he broke Babe Ruth's home run record or any of these guys, just like you're like, you're breaking a record, man. It's, it's a game. Who cares? That doesn't Babe Ruth is still Babe Ruth, whether Hank Aaron holds the home run record or not. And he doesn't now, right? It's Barry Bonds. So there you go again. Like, I don't even care. You acknowledge that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. But but what does that mean? Does that does does that make Hank Aaron any worse? Does that make Babe Ruth is still a a a, a Thor like person, a Herculean like person, right? A, a a half god, half human. What he did in his time was unreal, and I don't care if he's got the home run record or not. He was hitting 60 home runs, and the second place guy was hitting 22. Mm-hmm. Chris, it doesn't make him any, that doesn't do anything to the record to me. So anyway, I apologize. I know pistol Pete's name may not have been up at the top anymore, but that doesn't do anything. Pistol Pete is still the greatest scorer in college basketball history. At that point. That's right. Uh, Okay. Uh, Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So calm down. So Chris, calm down. Is it? It's okay. Is it pronounced Chris? Uh, CH not K. Okay. Good to meet you. So Tris. Tris. Okay. Tris. People call me Tris all the time. Okay. Good. That's well. That's how it looks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am pulling up this app because I need to tell you something, and we're going to go very, very quickly on this because we don't have time for this really. But okay. Um, I think I messaged you about the first thing here uh, the other night, and I am here to tell you that I have oh, placed yes. my first two sports wagers Uh-oh. my entire life Did you win them both i want them both all right so here you're you're locked in you told me when you made your first one yeah. and you won uh what was the first bet i need to know how much what the bet was and what the payoff was you're gonna love it i, I i've got a really good idea of what the bet i if it's more than five dollars i'll have a heart attack right now so the the first one was I took the, uh, I think it was the under, right? Where, where I, um, I'm still getting used to this app. Yeah, the, the under. I took the under Arizona State versus TCU. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. Took the under on that, and I won that. Uh, bet was five bucks. Okay. Yes. Hit the nail on the coffin, baby. That was five. nail on the coffin. <laughs> Hit the nail on the coffin. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we're putting a team away right now. But uh, let us see. I'm losing everything well, today. Arizona State was put away. But what? What is? What is that? I hit the bullseye. The the the, the hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. But thank you. But thanks for helping me and making me sit over here guessing what I was trying let's to say. keep it. Okay. Hit the nail on the coffin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 if we're gonna do this and talk about sports gambling right now, let's get down to the nuts and bones of it. <laughs> Just for a second. <laughs> Just for a second, I'll tell you what the brass knuckles were. All right. <laughs> I took that under TCU Arizona State. Next game, TCU played Gonzaga. Went ahead and took the over. Gonzaga Ooh, big time scoring. Yeah. Yeah. 
won that one. Bet five dollars. Yes. Uh, pay, paid out. Let's see. Yeah, eight dollars and ninety. Paid out for both games. Nine thirty-four. Nine thirty-four. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. And then, and then I got the uh, the two hundred dollars for making the five dollar bets as DraftKings. I put uh, thank you for the sponsorship. Uh-huh. Um, I put uh, the two hundred dollar in free bets. Apparently, it's like eight twenty five dollar bets. You like have to make yeah. Like you have to do twenty five dollar bets. All right. Well, it's not my money, so and that's fine. You only have a certain amount of time to make it. So. Oh, I think okay. it's like three, like a month or something like that. Okay, I better hurry up. I mean, I'm two and zero. I'm thinking about retiring all forever. Might as well it's it's because as good as you've ever done. It's good as you've good ever done on this podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> as good as I'll probably ever do. This would be the only time I'm in the black. Um, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that's it. That's the only thing we're talking about. I love it. My very first nice. two sports bets. All right, real quick. Can we just do this before we get into the Mount Rushmore? Can we just talk real quick about the WBC? Because it really was really cool. I didn't see a lot of games. I saw about three. Um, but I saw exactly three. I watched, the, I watched the championship game, Japan versus United States. United States won the last one six years ago, whenever, nine, set five. I don't know how long ago. It's been a while. And Japan won the first two. Uh, and, and so this is this is a big deal. This is two powerhouses in baseball. It's Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout, and they kept talking about could they face each other. Oh, Shohei's not going to start, but he did say that he'd be available. He's running back and forth from the bullpen to the bench for his bat for his at bat, sprinting back and forth. He. He had two gloves walking out there at one point in time. I'm, I was like, so now is this dude not just not just hit and throw, but he also throws with both hands? Why does he have two gloves going out there? Because he ain't going in the field. No. Although he could have. He's probably the best outfield. He beat a ground ball to shortstop. He beat, a, beat out a ground ball. I didn't realize how fast he was. He's like, he's a, a, a world Oh, no, it was, it was a ground ball to second base. It was a, it was Trey Turner. Dovin made the Dovin made the play and couldn't throw him out from second base. Was Trey Turner playing second? Tim, I know the semifinal game. I think Tim Anderson was playing second. Trey Turner was playing short, but I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. I to thought Trey Turner. Turner was there. Maybe. I thought it was Trey Turner. They can anyway. still shift. I think right now. Oh, and can they? Well, maybe that's so what maybe was that's going what on. Was, that yeah. could have been too. That could have been it. But yeah, insane. So not and fastest guy out there, right? So and Mike Trout. His first at bat, bloops ball into right field and gets a double out of it. That was so awesome uh, just to see how much it meant to, to those guys. So let's get down to, to the brass knuckles of this thing. Let's get down to the, to the, to the, to the nuts and nuts and bones. Yeah, to the nitty grimy. It's three to two. Uh, Schwarber hits a home run to get us uh, one of the best at bats against Hugh Darvish I've ever Ooh. seen. Foul. That was fouling ball. Good a matchup. It those was. Watching those two, Hugh Darvish and – well. And, Here's the other thing. We are in Cincinnati. We don't get to see a lot of uh, Angels games, right? You get to see highlights and stuff like that, but you, it's mostly Otani hitting. It's not a lot of pitching. That slider that he has, holy cow. That thing makes a left turn on a 90-degree angle. Holy, that's out of a that's, – that's, that's not even video game pitches. Anyway, Hugh Darvish has the same types of pitches too, which is why he has, has struggles with command at times. But Darvish goes against Kyle Schwarber, and Schwarber goes into like a 12th pitch at bat. Fouls it, hits a couple bombs foul. 
I'm like, I'm, this I'm dude texting, straightens one out. I'm texting back and forth with my brother, and I almost I text I text something like he just hit three home runs on foul balls, <laughs> and yeah. I I took it away. I didn't text that, and I text him something else, and he said, and then Schwarber hits it, and he goes, he hit five home, home runs, runs in that bat. Exactly, unbelievable. So so Schwarber does that. What a, and that gets it three to two. And we get to the top of the ninth inning. Japan is the home team. Uh, USA is up to bat. And sure as snot, Mike Trout comes up to bat with two outs against Shohei Otani. These dudes that have been playing together for three years now. Uh, and, you know, there's been a couple interviews. And, like, Mike Trout had a couple interviews where it was like, yo, yo, bro, like, kind of didn't say it. But you could just tell by the way they were asking about how great his teammate was and all the stuff Shohei does. And he's kind of like, I mean, you know, I'm still here too. You know, bud. for the eight years before he got yeah, here, yeah. I was the best player in the universe, in right? In the universe, <laughs> yes. I was the best player to ever step onto a baseball field. I mean, literally, if you go back and you're going to look at Mike Trout's career, and I think it's going to be a lot like a Joey Votto for Reds fans, like Angels fans to Reds fans, right? Like, didn't really go very far in the playoffs. Uh, probably. You know, the big fan favorite, but at the same time, like we didn't really do anything while he was here and, and, and he's not really well, he, he's well known. It's Mike Trout, but it's, you know, it just, just doesn't feel right because you didn't always have somehow you did, couldn't put a team around him. You couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. And it's like, dude, that's Mike Trout, bro. Like, God, this dude's hitting 320 with 35 home runs and 130 RBIs consistently every single year and he's putting up numbers like that and missing 20 25 games exactly. he gets hurt. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the in the back injury that he was never going to be able to play baseball from yeah and he's like whoa whoa anyway so anyway comes down to it this is what it's all about right mike trout got two really good swings on uh, three really good swings the two fastball the two fastballs that otani just blew by him and I'm telling you right now, Mike Trout gets a hold, touches one of those. That oh ball's that ball's going 587 it feet. It hasn't landed yet. And John Smoltz is up there going. John Smoltz goes, I'll never forget it. He's got two strikes on him, and he goes, uh, whoever was it, Shambi or whoever's doing the game with him was like, uh, it wasn't Shambi because he's probably doing college basketball. Yeah, I can't think of who. Anyway, so he says to him, he's asking about what he would throw, and he goes, I, you just threw – 200 mile an hour fastballs right by like in my head i'm thinking i gotta i'm i'm throwing a fastball by him he goes but then you look out there and it's mike trout (laughs) i think there's something to that effect is what he said and sure 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 enough he throws a slider that trout swings and misses on just outside of the zone and that's the end and and japan wins it and shohei otani has now put his mark if you didn't already know how unbelievable this man was. He, I can't remember, he batted like 380 or something like that. I thought it was like, or was it 460? Maybe it was 480. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like four something in it. He had home runs and beating out ground balls and the fastest guy, the most power, the, the best hitting for average, the best pitcher. He didn't give up a run in the entire thing. He pitched in three games and struck out like, like eight, of the nine batters he faced or something. Oh no, he started one of the games anyway. Unbelievable. Japan doesn't lose a game. Congrats to them. But Shohei Otani, if, if you didn't know, now, you know, 
You better know. If you like baseball at all, Shohei Otani is probably the best player in, in the in Major League Baseball and probably the world. How does that go? Is this is this the defining moment for Mike Trout? Is Mike Trout done? Like he just got struck out. Yeah, against against Shohei Otani. Is he just done playing baseball? Now? I I mean he's a shell of himself, of his former self. He Mike basically worthless now. I don't. I mean you have to go on to your next guy. Who's going to be your next center fielder for the Angels? It's time to put him in. Parker wants a pair of Otani's. His baseball cleats are Trout's. He's only worn them like five times for baseball now. And it's like, yo, bro, I need me some new. I need some new kicks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mike Trout is still a god. Awesome. Mike Trout is unbelievable. He'll be one of the top three players in baseball again this year. And Shohei Otani is just a, a freak of nature. Shohei Otani will be one of the top one players in baseball this year. And and can, can, we've talked about it so many times. Like, how can he not be the MVP? Yeah, you affect a game in more than anyone else. You get you almost can't give. They don't give him an MVP just by default, just because there is no one else that's fair enough comparison for him. And unfortunately, he plays for a team that's not very good. Not, and that's the other thing. This is I his wanna, last. This is the last year of his contract. I would love to see them have a good year, him sign an extension, Trout stay there for a while, and them actually be able to put a good team around those guys because I want to see Trout and Otani win one together. That I would, would love fun. to see that. I would love to see those A's team, that A's, those Angel, that Angels team win. Those two deserve it. Yep. They deserve it. Um, but it's too bad that uh, the Cincinnati Reds just won again today. Mally's now 3-1 and one in spring training. That's your World Series winners for 2023. All right. You heard it here first. I picked the Endless. Angels to win the World Series and Chris picked the Reds. <laughs> Woo, boy, we're both going to struggle. All right, bud. So that's going to take us to uh, the second last segment of the day, which is going to be a great Mount Rushmore you chose, which was um, the Mount Rushmore of current NCAA basketball coaches. That's right. This is ins- this is a really good pick on your side. You start, thank you. Uh, you start looking through a list, or, or you know, just a list of of even googling best college. There are lists out there that rank recently yeah. rank these guys. Um, a lot of guys have just recently retired. Uh, in Jim Beheim's case, forced retired. I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway. So we've just in the last couple of years lost several of the best coaches, the longtime coaches. So we're down to there's still a bunch of guys who've been around a long time, who've had a lot of success. There are a bunch of young guys that are coming up, getting a lot of attention. There's by the way, kind of an exciting time where there's a lot of turn turnaround, not turnaround, but uh, you know, turnaround, I guess, in the coaching. World care how yeah Ed Cooley leaving Providence to go to Georgetown almost doubled his pay. I was gonna say almost doubled his money. Pay. They got the Jordan thing there. Yeah, almost doubled his pay. Yeah, uh, and then Patino uh, almost doubled his pay. He was making like right at just under a million, and he's gonna be making like three point seven. No, I'm sorry, he was making one point five. Yeah, yeah, it, whatever it was, it was a lot. He's going to St. John's. Going back to New York. That's right. Not back to New York. Iona's right down the street. Or, New well, York. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, yeah. But so you're back to the Big East. We're back to the Big East. Back to Madison Square Garden. So uh, very interesting. Very, very interesting. And then the 
Fairleigh Dickinson coach with Iona. Jumped on the jumped on the run he just had and said, I'm gonna go do the same thing. That's the guy who doubled his money. He went from like uh went from like 0. 0.7 to 1.5. And it's you know, that's a lot. That's dude, yeah. that's a <laughs> double double my salary. I'm good. Let's go. Sure. Way less than those guys make, but I'm a, I'm a millionaire now. Yeah, yeah, big money. All right. So uh I, in my eyes, there's at least one that's that that that's on this list probably too if you got to be if you're talking about mount rushmore which is going to be like longevity right like all time okay so i think Izzo's on there and i i hate to say it but i think patino's on there. longevity wise everything he's done and they're still coaching mm-hmm. so i think those are two that i put on there even, even though i'm not a big patino guy uh, but you know, you, you got to give credit where it's due, right? Like he did it with a lot of programs. Not a lot. Right. Is that good? I got a lot yeah, of these no, today, I, dude. I, I just had a <laughs> memory that I've, I've got to talk about. Real quick. Okay. Let's go. Do you remember being at a Reds game? I, I want to say maybe it was the first time they started interleague play again. And the Yankees came, I want to say maybe. Okay. Okay. And we were down there. And was it when the that we had like the worst people, worst fans in the world? That's happened so many times. I don't even remember. But we walked out through the garage, and walking right ahead of us to his car is Rick Patino with I think his son or something. This is many, many, many years ago. Yes, 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 yes. And your dad goes, Rick or no? I think we, I think we saw him. Maybe said something, and then we're we get to our car, get to your van. We're, we're coming out. There's a line of traffic and everything, but there's like two lines to go out. We pull up, look over right here yeah. is Rick Patino in yes. his car. And your dad's like, Rick Patino. Yeah. And, uh, and Paul, I think is in the Paul front with, seat. Yep. And he's like, Paul, he rolls down the window. Your dad does. He's like, Paul, say hi to Rick Patino. <laughs> 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 Oh, I will remember that for hilarious. We saw yeah. him there and Paul yep. said hi to him. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Rick, that's so our Rick great. Patino story. There you go. I love it. Um, that okay. would have been early, like in the beginning of his Louisville career, or would that have been the Maybe. end of his Kentucky career? May or in between. Maybe somewhere in between, in between an NBA there. job somewhere. Yeah. Between the Celtics and Louisville. It or? had to be the Nine, late 90s maybe yeah. something like that i don't even know when he started at louisville I don't know. but he might have just won maybe just won the national championship yeah at, with kentucky i don't know anyway all right so patina is on mine got it um and then so here's where you got a bunch of them right you've got uh you got guys like rick barnes you got tony bennett you've got bob huggins who's been around forever you've got bill self You've got uh, Thad Mata, Mike Bray, Scott Drew, Sean Miller, Dana Altman. There's a lot of guys that have been around for a while, been doing this for a while. Uh, notice we did – oh, uh, John Calipari, as, as much as – I mean, he's got a national championship. He's won everywhere he's been. The greatest college recruiter to ever live. And you can't – I don't care how you feel about one and dones. That man's the greatest college recruiter to ever live. Of course. They suck. They don't suck. They suck by Kentucky standards. And he's bringing in the number one college recruiting class again. Right. Like of the 15 years he's been there, I bet he's had the number one recruiting class 13 times, maybe more. Anyway, yeah. 
man, this is getting really tough because I'm putting Sean Miller on there, obviously. Gotcha. Uh, and we didn't even bring up – we didn't bring up – you're going to have a whole bunch of up-and-coming coaches. I already know. So, obviously, for both of us, we're going to be thinking really hard about uh, something close and near and dear to our heart. And, and Pat Kelsey, mm-hmm. who's done wonders everywhere he's gone yeah. and is going to get a job somewhere at some point in time. Well, he's got one now. But yeah, he will get another one. <laughs> a is going to get a big school job, a big conference job, a job in a big conference where he's going to have a better chance to get better seeds and really show off his X's and O's of coaching because the guy is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted him at Xavier when Steel came. We talked big about time. it then. I yeah. wanted him to be here so bad when Steel came. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Steel Steel's there for five or six years. <laughs> have we been doing it that long? Uh, maybe five, maybe five, four yeah. or five. I was gonna say. So anyway, um, those steel years were so hard as a Xavier, as a Xavier fan. But I, we, I wanted him bad, but I wasn't mad at Travis Steele. But I, but it's like, okay, this Cincinnati guy, it's a Xavier guy, Skip Prosser guy. Like this is everything we want. Is is he as considered? Would he be considered Skip Prosser? Pat Kelsey. Pat Kelsey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, that man adores. No, no, I know, but he played for Skip Prosser. Did he coach at Wake Forest under with him? Okay, so then he would be a disciple. Skip gave him his first college job. Okay, that's why I wasn't one hundred percent sure if that. I knew that Mac coached under him. I thought maybe they're probably on the same staff. Yeah, yeah, they had to be. Yep, I'm pretty sure they were. Uh, And Kelsey was coached by in 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 Mac was an assistant coach under Skip at Xavier when Kelsey was at Xavier too, Mm -hmm. and with Skip Prosser. Anyway. Pat Kelsey's got to be somebody that you think about. Um, uh, who else did I put on here? Did I say Bill Self, Mark Few? I'm going to go. For me, it's going to be between Self, Few, Calipari, and Pat Kelsey. And I'm going Pat Kelsey. Love it. It's an elder guy, so I got to go Pat Kelsey. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go with not just an elder guy. But an elder and a Xavier guy. Where was he at before he was at Xavier? He transferred to Xavier. Wyoming. Wyoming. That's it. Chris, I am going to Chris. Uh, CH. Tris, sorry. Um, I'm going to go. Well, we'll start out with a couple guys you just named. I'm going Mark Few. Okay. I'm going to go Mark Few with the success that he's. he's God, I really want it. Like, if I was being honest, Mark Few would be the next, my last guy. Yeah. I'm not being honest, but like going by the actual numbers of things. Anyway, continue. Uh, I'm going to throw, and I'm for some reason I've never bought real, really into, not bought into, but I've just never been a big. Some of the some of the big time programs of storied histories, I really like them because of that yeah. UCLA and that kind of. For whatever reason, I haven't latched on to Kansas with that stuff. And they had a bunch of great coaches before Roy Williams and, and a couple guys, but Bill Self has guys unbelievable continued that success and made it even better in some ways. Um, number one seed again. Unfortunately, he's going through some some medical stuff right now, so he had to miss the tournament. But um, but I, I'm going to throw him on there, and that's I I put him on there as my fourth guy, just barely ahead. I wanted to do more like younger guys. Uh-huh. Just, just for fun, um, I, I thought about in, in that place. Thought about Shaka Smart. Yeah. I like Shaka Smart. I didn't, I didn't mention his name, but yes, Tony Bennett so. at Virginia. Yeah, I really like him a lot. Um, you know, a, a, 
Sean Miller, but I, I went ahead and went self with my fourth guy. Mm-hmm. I got Mark Few, um, Kelvin Sampson. I'm putting Kelvin Sampson on there. Um, the job that he's done. I, look, I see. I don't know what it is about Kelvin Sampson. I, that, well, he had some, some trouble in his past. Of course he did. Bit. Yeah, but, but so did everybody, some of on, everybody on the list. Right. Rick Pitino's had trouble three times at one school. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Sean Miller. Sean Miller had, well, no, Sean Miller's assistants were the ones that had trouble. Sean Miller had nothing to do with that. Okay. I mean, he got no ramifications from college basketball and everything, and the federal government arrested his assistants, not him. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you same know, thing that happened with Patino. I the think proof so. is in the pudding. In the pudding. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get one. What do you call these sayings? What do you call these things? I'm trying to get one of these little, little quid pro quos out without, without getting it wrong. <laughs> Sometimes I just say the first word that comes to my head and it's never right. I love these. Never right. Oh my gosh. But, it's right. When you get down to the brass knuckles of it, it's, it really is right. When you get down to the nuts and bones. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Okay. I'm going Kelvin Sampson, and he's he's he doesn't look like a guy that is a warm, fuzzy, fun coach, no. but he's he's probably a, a kind of one of those old school disciplinarians like Tom Izzo. And that's how he kind of seems. Mm-hmm. But man. That guy has done a really, really good job at Houston. Yeah, I mean, where really wherever he job. goes, what was it, Oklahoma State or, or no, Oklahoma? Oklahoma he was sorry, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, they were relevant. He coached in the NBA for a while. Yeah. Um, I I I feel like he is probably a really good recruiter because of that experience, mm-hmm. probably especially in the NBA. Um, and so I, I I'm putting him on there. Maybe it's a he's hot right now kind of thing, but. Those are my three so far: Bill Self, Mark Few, Kelvin Sampson, and I put Pat Kelsey. You got to right. It's, you got it's, to. it's a hard thing more than a head thing, but yep. I'll tell you what: it, it's the guy is in, in right before the tournament started, a few days before their first game last week. Mo Egger had him on. Oh, and did he? It was so every time he comes on local radio or anywhere really, it's so fun to listen to that guy talk. He's you, so you listen to coaches right, and coaches have this coach's speech and the way they talk is not like other people interviews with a coach. They're like so technical and like they, they, they choose their words so well, dude, that's Kelsey to a T that dude is so like his responses are perfect yeah. to every question. And he also has another element of, he can have fun with it. He, Chris Mack, like like Chris Mack and stuff like that. Right. Like they get into the questions of the game and it's, Boom, 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 spitting things at you that are, oh, wow, holy cow, he's giving me a lot here. And then can tell you that, you know, he's the greatest fisherman to ever walk the face of the earth or something. That's so. right. And Pat Kelsey almost always does this, especially when he's on with like Lance or somebody or Mo. And he did this again. So Mo Egger at the end of their interview, he goes, okay, so you have your game. I know you're focused on that. And in, in three days, you have that thing. Yeah. And he's like, tell me. Are you are, are you turning your notifications off on your phone for Bengals free agency? <laughs> or are you checking Red Spring training games? And he goes into not for he spends like like 20 seconds talking about the Bengals free agent moves. Yep. He knows them off the top yep. of his head. Yep. And he's talking about other guys he wants to see. And then he goes into he names like 
like the top three or four prospects for the Reds. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, man, I can't wait. Ellie De La Cruz is the next Eric Davis, man. <laughs> oh, my God. He, and he's talking about, uh, you know, all these guys that are having great springs. And he knows this guy's hitting 462 right now. Are you kidding yeah. me? And he's uh, is so fun to talk, when listen to him talk about that. He always brings up being a West Sider, being yeah. a tough, tough, you know, yeah. bulldog kind of guy and stuff. It's just so fun to hear him talk. And he always talks about Cincinnati sports, even on national yeah. stages when they when they talk to him about stuff. So that's always really fun to me. Um, he always keeps it, you know, keeps absolutely it, keeps it yeah. uh, real or whatever. Keeps it one hundred. Keeps it one hundred. Um, but anyway. Pat Kelsey's on great job. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah, that's fun. Good. All right. Nicely done. There's a lot of really good coaches. I was saying there's a whole lot of Sean Miller's. There's a whole lot of, of Ed Cooley's. There's a whole lot of, I almost put Ed Cooley uh, guys like that. It's unbelievable. So, all right, Adam, that's going to bring us to the last segment, which is the comedy segment. Um, that, uh, obviously for both of us is always our favorite. Uh, Bert Kreischer. This is the third special we've done of him or second. I think it's the third. There was secrets. Oh, uh, remember secrets or something like that. And then, yeah, I think this is the third special we've done a bird. Did we do the machine? That was like his first. No, one. we didn't do the machine. So he's had four of them. Four. Yeah. But we didn't do the machine. We did. Right. That and was I was going to go look it up before I got on here, but I'm pretty sure we've done three. This is called razzle dazzle. Um, so we've had conversations the last time we did Burt Kreischer, we had conversations of, I said, I, I like, can we, can we keep a shirt on secret time and Hey, big boy, Hey, big boy, uh, secret time and razzle dazzle. We did right. those three. Um, and it, it was kind of like, okay, can we, can we, can we somehow get to a point where we can put a shirt back on? <laughs> I'm over the shirtless thing. It is what it is. I get it. I get it. Right. Uh, I know that's his thing now and you got to do what you got to do. I would like to just say for anyone who has not seen this special, this is a must watch. I laughed at every joke. This dude might be, he might be one of my favorite storytellers and there's a lot of MF bombs and a lot. Like if you're not into the cussing and all that, don't listen to it. And if you're not into somebody who's going to tell a story about something that shouldn't have happened to his daughter or something, then don't. you remember these are jokes. He's going to tell it like it's the truth. But, I, you know, 90 percent of the joke is probably made up. But a lot of it's going to come from something that really happened. But, you know, most of the jokes can be made up. So know that going into it. I'm not going to lie, dude. I laughed. I laughed out loud a lot. Like throughout this whole thing i don't think there was a joke that didn't hit the escape room at the end oh my god when his dad is tasting his fart yeah it's the greatest moment i laugh i i I was i couldn't stop laughing i was having so much fun and his daughters they're they're uh the way that he talks about their sense of humor and the stuff the reason they were at the escape room dude I, I can't I can't tell you how much I love that stuff. I, I loved every bit of this. I wish I would have wrote some stuff down because it was a lot of the silly, just little things that he would like in the middle of it. He would say something and you just I lost it. Um, I'm going to I'll let you go, but I'm going to tell you right now. 
I wish I would have wrote stuff down because I laughed constantly. <clears throat> the Tom Segura te- uh, text that he sent to his wife and the and the comments from all the ones that she sent to her to the school to the school moms. Oh my god, I was cracking up. The cool moms that got it. Uh, he sent it to his daughters, yeah, which was messed up too. But um, I'm going four point seven. Super high score. Wow. This is a super high score for me. I don't know if I was just in a, in a different place. I watched this sitting on my couch. It was a little different than my normal uh, seat of the car. But, dude, this was excellent. I laughed hysterically throughout most of this. Very good. Man, I'm glad you liked it that much. That's great. Um, I, what did you not like about it? <laughs> well, it, no, let me, I'll start by this. Okay. It was, can you hear me in your headphones? No, my head, I can't hear anything in my headphones, but that's all right. Keep talking. Cause we're definitely, we're definitely talking we're still over here. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was the most I've laughed at Burt Kreischer. I'm, I agree with that a hundred percent. There's no doubt about that. I kind of feel, and look, he's like one of the biggest comedians in the world now. He's he has more money than most guys. Um, is he on a Chappelle Rock, Bill Burr level? No, but he's on all the kind of middle guys. He's at that top. He's kind of like that Tom Segura level. Sure, although absolutely. I think, I think yeah. Tom is as good as any of those guys myself. But yeah, no, I I would say Tom Segura is high on a higher level than Bert Kreischer. I, I think Tom's definitely funnier. I'll say it that way for sure. Uh, Bert has so much success though. And he's, I mean, he sells tickets, so many tickets to shows. I think a big part of that is because he, he sells it as a party and it's, it's, oh, there we go. Um, he sells it as a party and he's a big time party animal and he talks about all the drinking he does and all the crazy stuff he does and, yeah. and, and taking drugs and all that kind of and and a lot of people love that. And I'm that's not my thing, you know that. Yeah. But so for me, it's I feel like he's so popular much more for those reasons than because he's so funny. I I I agree with what you're saying. Okay. Which is why in the past we I don't think I've rated the other two Burt Kreischer specials very hot. I couldn't stop laughing during this. This was as he funny did as what he was supposed to do. He went out and told jokes and made you laugh. That's right. I think some of the stuff that he did, I was not. I was like, eh, that's kind of I don't know, either low hanging fruit or just kind of not as good as it definitely could be. He's he he sh- could do better than that, but. So, so uh, there we go. So I, here's, I think part of it too. Last summer he did, he had basically two tours going on at one time. This guy tours his brains off. Yeah. And he's got like three podcasts and yep. did a, did a, did a special, the woods or the cabin or whatever yeah. it was called with Netflix. Like this dude works his tail off. Like if you, during the cabin, that was part of the, or was it the secrets, the, the, I think maybe it was his last special, but there was like an afterwards thing just showing all of the stuff this dude does, and it's mm-hmm. constant. Yep. He, um, I was just telling, I was just talking to somebody about him on the way here. 
yeah and was was explaining Bert Kreischer and I I said he's really good for comedy because he has used all the money he's made and they've got like four houses now and like he's he spends money like you would not believe but he takes he doesn't go on the road and take an opener with him he goes on the road and takes Mark Norman and Big J Okerson and right. Dave Attell and T- Taylor Tomlinson, mm. the best comics with him to do shows with him. There's no competition. He is putting these people on. He is putting on these major giant shows, doing these huge tours and taking other great comedians who are mostly funnier, in my opinion, than him. Sure. Yeah. And he's headlining because it's his tour, but he is and and the guys talk about this stuff all the time on all these podcasts I, I do. He took four guys to the Super Bowl, surprised them with a week before the Super Bowl. He's like, yeah, I got, I'm taking you guys to the Super Bowl. Or I got four, I got five tickets to the Super Bowl. Who, who's going with who's us? Going? Yeah. He, he does, he doesn't like flying. So he takes a bus, he has a tour bus. He probably has three of them now. But he takes a tour bus and he, he takes all those people on this tour bus if you don't want to sleep on the tour bus, he gets you a nice hotel. Otherwise, all the best stuff. He has nurses. He has all kinds of different massage therapists that he brings or he finds on this tour. You wake up in the morning. Shane Gillis, all these guys that go with him talk about it all the time. I woke up. I had a, a gourmet five-star meal for breakfast while I was getting a massage, while I was getting an IV, which made me was a miracle drug because I, I got hammered. Yeah, before. I was, yeah. you know, until five o'clock in the morning, I'm just hammering alcohol. And then I, I get up at nine o'clock in the morning and they give me all this attention and I'm, I'm great to go for the rest of the day. Like, and that's, a you know, we, we've talked about that before. Bert's ability to bounce back immediately. Yep. He'll be out all night alcohol and drugs and all this kind of stuff and he gets up at like 7 a.m and goes to the gym and he's working again and yeah totally like nothing happened that's it's hard to keep that body in shape (laughs) keep that body in shape and he doesn't so (laughs) um but (laughs) he's great for i i found myself saying it like he's great for comedy because of that yeah he's getting all these other guys you know more noticed and more selling more tickets and that kind of thing for him, he's just not the funniest guy in the world to me. But going back to this was the funniest I've seen. And I did see him in Dayton at the Dayton Dragons um, Stadium last summer. Oh, that's And cool. I saw at least half of these jokes then. Oh, okay. So I, that, I, I don't That know. makes a difference, man. It makes a make difference. A difference. Yeah, we the talked Chris about Rock Chris thing. Rock. Yeah. When you know the punchline coming. Yep. So I, I did remember, and a lot, most of that stuff I forgot. So I'm, I, I'm hearing it again and it's jogging my memory and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And some of it was like, oh, that's funny. Or he kind of punched that up since last I heard. Yeah. I don't remember that line that was funny, but some of it was like, okay, yeah, I heard the, you know, the joke about his daughter or whatever. All right. It was okay. Or, you know, yeah. part of the part, some, some parts of the escape room thing. I'm like, this is more of a story than a joke, you know? Like, no, no, hundred percent. And I was going to say that when I did like, he's the, the, hun, like, that's the thing is the story is the joke. His joke telling is storytelling. Mm-hmm. He's telling you a story. It's not like 
here's my, you know, front middle end of a punchline joke. It's a, that that's, that's his comedy is let me find this funny thing that happened with me and my family. Let me juice it up and let me bring people on a ride in a story. It's a story. He's a, so, so when you say it, then well, it's more like a story. It's because that's what it is. Yeah. That's his comedy. But I think the, I think there are other really good comedians that are storytellers. Tom Segura is like that. hundred percent. Yeah. But I think other people do it a lot funnier in a funnier way. I feel like Bert is more of a, a funny idea guy. And he tells you the story about why, about the funny idea and some, there are little, you know, tags and stuff in yeah. there that are also yeah. funny, but I feel like he's more of like, there's this big story, this big, huge, long story. And there's little funny stuff along the way, but other people are like, you know, the way they deliver each little quick tag in there, you know, it's like that, that part is, makes it a lot funnier. And then once you get to the punchline, like it, with Bert, it's like you get to the punchline, you get to the big, big ending, and you're like, oh, okay. That, yeah, was, as, that was as funny as the rest of the joke, where it should be funnier, is what you're saying. Right, yeah. Or, or I'm like, that, that took him 15 minutes to tell that joke. I'm, Some of it was kind of funny, but there are all these other people that are like, we'll do kind of the same thing, but it's way funnier throughout. Oh, I, I thought that it, I thought that he... Some of his jokes, I'll definitely say that some of the middle of the story was funnier than the ending, mm -hmm. but I don't think that that made it any worse. I just that I thought I don't know this. Just I thought it was great. Now I want to know what you have written down. I, I still like. Bert. I, I still like. I want to know what uh, you have written down. I just yeah. I, I, I wrote I feel, it. I feel like I feel like I feel like I way outdid you on this one. You have, but I don't know how much way I. I gave it a three point eight. We're we're just barely less than a point off, which is kind of a big it's gap. A big us, gap like, when you're talking about five. That's that's twenty five percent off. Yeah, twenty percent. Twenty percent off. Yeah, twenty percent off. So head down to McAlvin's, get, grab your coupon. Twenty percent off anything. Blue in light the store. special at Target. That's no, right. Kmart. <laughs> that was McAl Blue Kmart. light special at Kmart. Kmart that's right. Yeah. Uh, the moonlight sale at McAlvin's. All right. That's right. The moonlight <laughs> sale at McAlvin's. And then grandma always had to go to pennies. Y'all want to go to pennies? <laughs> We're going to go to pennies, get you some husky jeans. Pennies. I, pennies. JC pennies. Let's go so, down to pennies. So like department grandma, grandma used to say it all the time. Grandma yeah. would be like, where'd you get that? I went down to pennies the other day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Lazarus was a big Lazarus, one. Lazarus. Elder yes. beer for a while. Oh my gosh. We oh. had a lot of them, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Um, some, one of my favorite stores is TJ Maxx. Okay. okay, they're on every single corner in every single city. So there are a ton of TJ Maxx's, but and they're always in a strip mall with the same other three stores or whatever. Okay, what are the but, other three stores? Um, I'm gonna go Michaels. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, um, Old Navy. Old Navy, <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> TJ Maxx, you can find. Some treasures you gotta you gotta search for them. You gotta you gotta look. You gotta look. My but sister man, used to work there. You can find. Did you really? Yeah, she worked TJ Maxx for a couple of years. Okay, I don't. Wow, I don't know that. In so, high school. Okay. Uh, you can find these came yeah. from TJ Maxx. So, NBA nice NBA sweatpants that are just a little bit too short. Too short. But uh, too but short. They're the, great rapper. What do you call them? Uh, they're the jogger with the big uh the big the big wristband on your ankle 
Yeah, the elastic around that elastic around yeah, the ankle. Yeah. Elastic, thank you. Twelve bucks, something Can't like beat that. that. You go online, that's a thirty-five, eighty. That's an eighty-dollar pair, pair of sweatpants. It's an eighty-dollar pair of sweatpants. You go to Dick's, yeah, they're eighty-five, 85 bucks. Yeah, they don't have NBA stuff. But that's, anyway. it's so that is so crazy how that TJ Matt. I don't understand how that works. I don't know either, but it's. I mean, they. It's I name brand get, stuff, though. But it's like limited time, or there's something. I, I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe they spelled it. Uh, you know, N eight A or something like that. On a, I don't know, but <laughs> either way, you can get some quality stuff for cheap. I dated a girl for a while who this was before I started going to TJ Maxx, but her, she, her mom, her aunt were talking, and they kept saying, "Oh, I got this from TJ's. Let's go to TJ's. Let's go to TJ's." And I'm like. What the heck? Where is what is TJ? TJ and I finally figured out they were calling TJ Max TJ's. I've never heard that before. Be like uh, if Grandma would have called JC Penny's JC's instead of Penny's. That's right. But still, even then, yeah. same thing. If somebody said I was going to Max's, it would still sound just as weird as going to TJ's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, anyway, I, I don't know why I thought of that, but I, I, you know what? Good job, Bert. Good job, Bert. Yeah, well done. All right, so that means that we have two two things to pick up for next week. That's right. We've got to figure out our Mount Rushmore, which unfortunately is on me. And we have to figure out our uh, comedy special, which I'm sure you already have. So go ahead and do your comedy special first, sir. Uh, In the last couple weeks, there's a young lady who's a, a good comedian. Um, I've seen her on a whole bunch of different things and she has a podcast herself. That's a really cool idea. So she is a like professional, uh, foosball player. Her parents are both in the ready, the national foosball hall of fame. I'm not kidding. I, I, I know you're not. She has a podcast that I guess you call it a podcast or it's a show on YouTube, I guess, um, where she has other comedians on and interviews them while they play against each other. I like that. And she always she dominates. dominates, I'm sure. And she will have two people. A lot of times she'll have two people on playing together against her. Just her. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I've had I've had people act like they were great foosball players and be like, well, why don't you, just, you and somebody else. I'll be both. I. There's a lot of times where I'm ready to elbow the dude next to me, like, get out of the way. You're not helping the team. I, I I feel like whoever I'm playing against did this on purpose because they know they can beat the two of us because we're not going to be on the same page. <laughs> and my, I'm going to have a guy down or you're going to have a guy down in front of me when I shoot and I'm going to hit your guy because you didn't roll him halfway up and I'm going to start getting irritated with you. Don't I don't want to play doubles. I don't play singles. <laughs> so I don't blame her. She's she's played and beaten Every single person she's played. Does she yell at them if they do the the, the yeah, spin? Oh, that's that's they, 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 they lay down rules. rules. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can't no spins. No spins. Yeah. Um, so she's really, really, really good. She, I mean, she plays in like professional tournaments and stuff too. I, obviously, she's a professional foosball player. Yeah, and she'll. So she what will. Do you, what do you think you win? If you win, how, how is that like like in, in golf? If you don't make the cut, you don't get any money. But there's a hundred guys that make the cut or whatever, 120, however that works. So if you 
Like, what's the cut for foosball? And if you don't, do you make them the weekend? Like, if you don't do well on Thursday and Friday, do you get to play Saturday and Sunday? Like, how's, like, what's the, what's the money that we're shooting for? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, are they, uh, I mean, are they splitting a thousand dollar purse 15 ways? <laughs> it sounds like that would be the case, right? <laughs> so it feels like to me. All right, guys, we got $100 for the first. We place. have $3,000 that we're going to split a hundred ways. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So <laughs> 100 ways is one of my favorite songs. There you go. Okay. She is a really good foosball player. She has this podcast. It's pretty good. She, she interviews comedians while they do that she also has videos of people at her shows challenging her after the show i will beat you in foosball and she's like come on that's ridiculous no we'll play 100 bucks i will beat you in foosball right now okay she's like all right i hate to take your money she dominates those people every time of course she does she's a professional that's like that's like me saying like i currently hold the uh, youth baseball dad championship belt in cornhole. Yeah, yeah. right now, uh, I'm unstoppable. Right in my backyard against other kids' dads. <laughs> but you, when I play in a in a tournament in a in a, a, a against professional cornhole players, I'm getting smoked. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't know how she fares in these actual real big tournaments, but, um, or what the prize money is or anything like that. But for the common man, she's really super good. And she's a pretty good comedian too, by the way. So we're going to find out how good she is. Uh, she just came out with a new special on YouTube called the hustler. Obviously she's got to make some foosball money. I mean, there's not a lot of bars. I imagine that have a foosball table for you to hustle on, but where do you go to hustle foosball? I feel like there's a lot of places you can find a foosball table. Oh yeah. Tell me one. I mean, I, I don't, I don't go to places like that around here, but I mean, you oh, can oh find... you don't go to the, you don't go to those dive bars, with a foosball table in the background. I've never been to a bar. I've never been to a store. I've never been to really? an outlet ball. Like I've a... never been to an elder beerman. <laughs> That had a random foosball table. Ever been to a pennies with one? No. We just had a foosball table to like put my quarter up on the on the edge of the table. I got next. <laughs> you gotta hit the you gotta you gotta hit the uh the change machine to I, get the, the ball to come out. I feel like a lot of the places that would have pool not a lot of the places, some of the places that would have pool, pool tables, a place like a Dave and Buster's, an arcade, uh, uh, any kind of place. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a foosball table at a Dave and Buster's or a GameWorks or a Chuck E. What? Cheese. Really? A foosball table? Yeah. What? Yeah, I feel like. I How do you know. get the ball? You go up and ask for a ball to play with? It's in there, I think. There's just a random ball in there. I guarantee if it's at any Dave and Buster's, GameWorks, or Chuck E. Cheese, all the balls or around here, there ain't no ball in that thing. I tell you that right now. That thing's gone. Some little kid picked it up and threw it at their dad. <laughs> or threw it at some Ow. random stranger for not giving them a quarter. Yeah. I don't know. But she's hustling. She's hustling. She's hustling. She probably brings like a, a breakdown one with her. probably. Yeah. It's just in a pretty yeah, serious. Yeah. My dad bought a foosball table. Do you remember our old foosball table we used to have? He bought that thing. 
when we moved into the house, it's been 20 years ago, and it was in the living room. Like he had it in the living room, in the back of the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like really nice. It was like a real nice mahogany and had like uh, 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 real nice, the, the, the feet were like this copper like thing. It was, dude, this thing was like, and it was like 600 pounds mm -hmm. and you could not move it. You got a good one. And uh, I, I don't know whatever happened to that. No idea. I think it went to the basement for a minute, but we had a foosball table for a long time. But there was rules at our house. There's no spinning. You don't spin. Let's be serious. Men. Let's be, yeah. We're let's playing playing for real. You don't this. just. It's yes. not a toy. No, it's not a toy. This is a competition. This is my canvas, and each man is my paintbrush. I like that. I'm an artist. I'm an artist with the with the bike handles. Yeah. All right, Michael, Michael J. Fox. Technique. All right, Michael J. Fox. Oh, easy. <laughs> is he one of the greatest foosball players now? I guess Maybe. he's got to be. I mean, he like you just as he's moving his guy, he's constantly kicking. It's gonna be when is he... it a kick? Do you kick? Yes, with a foot. Okay, just wanted to know. Yeah, with with one cyclops foot, <laughs> one cyclops foot, one giant <laughs> whatever boot that's foot. called. Yeah, one giant boot foot. <laughs> that's right. When Michael J. Fox passes. I'm gonna be very sad. I yeah. love that man. Such a great guy. Yeah. Gosh. And he, I've seen him recently. Wow. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been dying from Parkinson's for <laughs> 15 for years, 20 years, man. He has been. I don't mean that in a bad. I don't mean it mean. He came out with that show. Remember, he came with the show after he came down with the park, and and they're like, oh, I'll never see Michael J. Fox again. Then he ended up on some show, Six and Park. Six and Park. Is that what it was called? Oh, I don't know. I was like, I don't know, maybe. But I can't remember what he did in it, it but was, he was like a boss or something in Harvestown Park, right? <laughs> something like that. But uh, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good, but y'all, if you, uh, they kept talking, just like, shoot me. No, no shoot but it was me. like a just shoot me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he always had his hands behind him or in his pockets and stuff like yeah, that. He just waited until it was going to happen. But man, God, family ties and back to the future and Teen Wolf. Those are my favorite things. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> totally agree. Mike Fox. Uh, uh, is it Michael James, do you think? Mm. Could you be. You think he's a Jonathan? I mean, there's no other J, really, right? Is there another J? Those are, those are the two Js, really. Is there, though? Um, is there a J? Like a, a normal, normal, whatever you want to call it. There's a, no no such average, thing as a Joe or a Jim. Average. But, um, oh, Joe and Jim. James. Yeah, James. Jim would be James. So yeah. Joseph would be the other. That's a that's common. Michael so Joseph Fox, maybe. John, James, Jacob, Jacob, Joseph. Schmidt. Jacob. I don't know. Jacob's. Mm, mm. I don't put that with those. Well, I don't, Jewish. I don't, I don't know that he's Jewish. You know? I, is Jacob Jewish? I think so. What? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I know a rabbi named Jacob. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know a rabbi named Jacob, so I that do. makes Jacob Jewish? Uh, I have to assume <laughs> my, my ignorant, stupid mind has to assume. I know, I know a rabbi, I know a rabbi named Daniel. So Daniel's obviously Jewish. Uh, I know a rabbi named Adam. He's, I'm, I mean, that a is rabbi my, named Hezekiah. Jacob. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jewish, huh? I never heard Hezekiah with a J. Another J, J name. Jacob, Jacob Goldsmith. <laughs> Or some kind of steen. Steen. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Jacob is a Jewish have name. Have I you had enough? Time. Jacob is a Jewish name or not? Best Jewish name. You know what? 
the Mount Rushmore Jewish names. The producer <laughs> on the bonfire's name is Jacob, and he is Jewish as well. Uh, you're getting upset with me that I'm laughing at you about the you grabbed your phone so fast to find out if Jacob is a Jew. I mean, uh, okay, uh, the Jacob from the Bible had to be a Jew, right? Probably. I mean, probably. Hmm. Is Jacob only a Jewish? No, it's, it's not Jake, only a Jewish name. Jake is a boy's name of Hebrew origins, meaning supplanter. Okay, hold Jake. on now. Hebrew origins doesn't make it. I mean, there's a lot of like uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They're all Jewish. They all have. They all have Hebrew. I mean, those guys all wrote the Bible, and they were they were Jewish before they does were that, Christians. Does that make them? Okay, let me finish this. Okay, sorry. Jake comes from a long line of siblings, including Jack and John. Okay, so Jack and John are and both Jewish names now, Jill. too. And shares strong biblical ties via Jacob. Okay. Jacob was a prominent patriarch of the Israeli tribes in the Old Testament and Esau's twin brother. So there you go. <laughs> so Jacob is, Jacob is obviously <laughs> own exclusively a Jewish name. There's no such thing as a non-Jewish, as a Gentile Jacob. Jacob, so Jewish. Yes. <laughs> just, that's first, I love that that's the first. It's funny how people have a name, have things like that, and they, they, they think of, like, you know a rabbi named Jacob. So Jacob, oh, so he's Jewish. Obviously <laughs> Jewish. I'm so sorry for laughing so much at that. It's just I would never think of a name being Jewish <laughs> unless it was like, I don't know, or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think there are, are there are names. I guarantee there are. There definitely are. There definitely are. Goldstein and and mm-hmm. I think of last names though when I think of Jewish. Yeah, but there are first names that are I think more prominent in Mark. Jewish. Men. I mean, like the like names from the Bible: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Are all the people that wrote books in the Bible Jewish though? But they were disciples of Jesus, and Jesus's disciples were, were all. Were no, I don't think those guys were disciples. Were they? Oh, okay. So, or were they? I, I'm pretty sure they were. When How else they would they gra- have been able to write they, stories about what Jesus did all the time? I have a question. When did they graduate from apostles to disciples? Uh, or did they I think graduate it goes from, from disciple to apostle. to apostle? I think that oh. goes from disciple to apostle. What What is the uh, What is oh, the boy. testing point? Ah, that's a good uh, question. Uh, Jude. Jude. <laughs> Saint Jude. Jude Al. Go Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> I used to think that uh, we played a team called Judao, like it was J U D A W, <laughs> and it was Judao or something like that. I don't know. Were they combined when you were in grade school? Uh, no, no, oh, okay. no, no, okay. no. Saint Al's and Saint, I don't know. Anyway, <sighs> holy cow! Uh, yes, but no. The the guys that that wrote those guys were all. Uh, I thought they were all part of his twelve. 12- 12 disciples. What are the apostles? I don't even know what the apostles are now. His bros, his gang. I thought that that was the disciples. I thought he had the 12 disciples and that was his gang. Hmm. Like if you were like you threw your D's up, if you were with Jesus, you know what I mean? (laughs) Throw that disciple sign up. Pow, let's go. Let's go, Holmes. Let's go. Whoa, hey. (laughs) How do you throw up a J for Jesus? Yo, hey, yo. (laughs) Throw that J up. If you're a disciple oh, of Jesus, is, is Jesus a Jewish name? Because he was 100% Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. 
But to me, it's a Mexican name. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's they pronounce it different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How come they can still name their kids Jesus, but we can't name our oh, nobody yeah. names You're our white kids guy, Jesus. Don't, don't name your kid Jesus. Yeah. I mean that's terror. I don't understand. <laughs> but they're like they're predominantly Christian people as well. Yeah. Yeah. But they can name their kids even Jesus. more so, I think. I mean, probably they make those candles, those the long thin candles. Yeah, those sweet candles with the face on the front the joe burrow's face or joe burrow or mary or any of those jews yeah mary or mary 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 or mary magdalene mary i would say both you think they you think they're I th- accurate I would depictions? Say you, you think are, they're accurate depictions of what they look like of course <laughs> of course they were all right. <laughs> I'm um, have you had enough time? No, I haven't. I can't stop. Mount Rushmore no. of Jewish people. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. <laughs> okay, I got Adam Mount Sandler, Jews. Adam Sandler, Rod Carew, <laughs> oh, Goldie Hawn. Oh, yeah, only half a Jew. <laughs> oh my gosh, great song, Adam Sandler. How about Adam? How about we've done oh. Adam Sandler movies? So oh, yeah, he's he's uh they just announced the other day that he is getting the Mark Twain Lifetime Achievement Prize or whatever. Really? Yeah. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. He deserves it. Which one of the crazy award shows is that on? It's its own thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just I on its own. Chappelle just... won it last year. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that was really Those cool. are always that really was good. really good. Yeah, yeah. Because they have a bunch of comedians come out and do stuff. Yes. Okay. I do remember what you're talking about now. Yeah. Um is he going to sign another like 10 movie deal with Netflix? You think the thing is he has so much freedom because he has his own company. Mm-hmm. He can produce anything he wants. So I, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so we, what was her name that we were doing the shit, the, the comedy Hall. special? Oh, C- Kelsey cook, Kelsey cook, the hustler, the foosball hustler, Kelsey cook, the foosball hustler. And I am going to do, uh, let's go with a Mount Rushmore of, um, I want to, I want to try to keep this in the NCAA since we're still so hot and heavy in this tournament. We've done Mount Rushmore of Cinderella teams. That was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm very ashamed of my mind sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, I have no idea. Should I? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell I, you the joke after we stop. Right, sounds good. Cinderella teams. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of. <laughs> this is so bad. Duke Blue Devils. Okay. Mount Rushmore of Duke Blue Devils. Uh, so there's that, and then you have Kelsey Cook, the foosball hustler. The hustler. Huh. And we have got, and, and that's on YouTube. And, and, and from there, we're going to end this podcast because it's way too late. And we have pushed this thing way too far. Uh, so for everybody out there, thank you. If you stayed on for this three and a half hours that we've been here and uh, don't forget to turn your headlights on.